So part of the chinuch package that we give our children is the sense of the mysterious nefesh that our parents, grandparents, or great-grandparents went through before giving us the life that we have, whether it be in Eastern Europe facing extermination, anti-Semitism, whether it be in America, a different challenge of keeping Shabbos. My wife's side, the legend has it that her, grand, her great-grandfather married the only girl in Minneapolis that did not answer a phone on Shabbos. This is way back in the early 1900s. So the challenge was keeping Shabbos. And we read all the stories of people who would not be able to have a Parnassah unless they would go to work on Saturday as well. Now, sometimes we think of it, we, we uh, think maybe we're talking about corporate America or, you know, lawyers, doctors. These people didn't really have great jobs as it is. If you read the history, they were mostly working in sweatshops, very, very cheap labor jobs. And even that, many, many, unfortunately, were not able to withstand that Nisayan. We're not going to judge them. And they had to go work on Chavez. And while others were able to stand strong and figure out other ways of Parnassah or, you know, opening department stores and other things or the like in order to be able to keep Shabbos. So it's interesting that if you, in your typical, you know, yeshivish community, the 9 o'clock minion Shabbos morning is looked down upon. That's like, you know, the fashlapta people, they can't get up on time, and the early minion hashkama, those are the ones that are, you know, the, the Yiri Shemayim. And it's funny how many years ago it was just the opposite. The Shemri Shabbos, as the Shul Shemri Shabbos in Bar Park is called, was the, the 9 o'clock minion. The 9 o'clock minion Shabbos morning were those that did not go to work. The 6.30 minyanim Shabbos morning were those that were going to work. So it's funny how, you know, now it's looked down upon the 9 o'clock minion, but that's the original Shemri Shabbos minion. So if you look throughout history, so then many years later, it was a standard that uh, El Chiyid, a from person, was Shomer Shabbos. And even saw many stores, you know, dry cleaning, you know, fruit stores writing Shomer Shabbos on their store, hoping they'll get more business like that, or just, you know, you know just proclaiming that they are, in fact, Shomer Shabbos. So it comes along the 21st century, and Baruch Hashem Yidin have been very successful in America and throughout the world, and we are in many, many industries, especially in e-commerce or where websites are necessary, and we have many questions regarding the Halachas of Shabbos. Even my podcast, I, I see that that over the weekend I get many downloads. Some of them take place on Shabbos, mostly from Europe or other parts of the world where it's not Shabbos anymore. But you know you do see some downloads in America. So you hope it's not a you know a Jewish person uh, who's not keeping Shabbos. But you know you hope it's some someone's child playing with their smartphone or the like. So there's there, you're always running into questions of of Shabbos. And if you have a website, so you're 24/7 business especially if you're in the nursing home industry or you're in retail, you have malls or uh, vending machines, you get involved in the questions of running, having your business run on Shabbos. Now, although in the early 1900s or before that, the Shiloh was actually going to work, going to the mine and physically working, being Mechal Shabbos yourself, today we're, not, we're no longer dealing with Isurim Daraisa. Most people are sitting in shul. They're eating challenge at home. They're not going to work. The question is really all begeder derabbanan, and there are many shilos regarding running a business on Shabbos, transactions, making money on Shabbos. We're going to focus on something we mentioned yesterday, which is where we're up to in the Chayadam, regarding benefiting from the the uh, work that's done for you on Shabbos. So even if I didn't ask anyone specifically, if a Nachri does work for me and I benefit from that work on Shabbos, so then the Chayadam says it's Asr. So based on that, we threw out the question, how can a person 
we, we, we set out the question, how could a person own a, own a nursing home when they're actually getting reimbursed every single Shabbos on you know the billing and they're making money from the fact that people worked for them on Shabbos. So how do the Paiskim deal with these type of businesses and allowing them to be open on Shabbos? We have many from people in Erlich and excellent, you know, outstanding people that own nursing homes. So what are the, or, or retail stores, what do they do regarding Shabbos? So there are a few options that a Paisik might say to do. So again, there are different opinions here. This could get heated. In some circles, some things are totally accepted and everyone does it. In some circles, that's considered terrible. Chil Hashem, be more machmer, be more mekel. So let's just go through some of the you know, uh, solutions, and we'll see where the challenges lie and why there are differences of opinions. So solution number one is what your typical uh, person in the street, if you ask someone what you do about a store being open on Shabbos, you, you want to open up a Dunkin' Donuts, okay? You want to be a, franch- a franchise of, of Dunkin' Donuts, but the problem is you have to be open on Shabbos. Okay, so you'll figure, okay, I'll, I'll do a mechira. What does a mechira mean? So the uh, the origin for this probably comes from what we do for chametz, selling selling your chametz, that type of mechira. There's a few chuvas in the Divrei Chaim. The Divrei Chaim was a tzanzarav, and he wrote a chuva, a few chuvas regarding this type of situation. The Chassam Sefer has a discussion about this regarding a brewery, if someone owned a brewery. So here here's the what the Divrei Chaim uh, advised, you know, in a nutshell. You go to someone, you have, let's say you have a janitor in shul, John, so you go to John and shul and you tell him, okay, buy my business, buy my business from me. You're going to buy the nursing home. Okay, I'll buy the nursing home. How much does it cost? Well, it costs $10 million. I don't have $10 million. Okay, so give me a dollar as down payment and you'll pay me whenever you get the money. Okay, so John gives you a dollar. He has just made a Kenyan kasef. You may, well, you do all the other Kenyanim you want. He gives you a dollar and now he owns the business. The problem is he's not going to pay me back, right? Fine. But let's assume one day he'll pay me. He'll pay me for the business. Even if this works, every single Shabbos, I'm making money by the Shabbos profits. He's not making it. I'm making the Shabbos profits. And we just said the seventh rule is you cannot be making money by going doing work for you. My nursing home, my administrator, my CF, everyone's going, everyone's running business as usual. I'm making money from it. How, is, how do I avoid that? So the Divrei Chaim had a, had a fascinating idea that this person owes you $10 million. John. John from the, the janitor and she'll owe you $10 million, $10 million. So how do I collect on it, right? Well, I'm not collecting right now. I'll charge him interest. You have to pay interest. You're not paying me back right away. So, interest on the loan. How much should interest be? You could figure out percentages. We'll do it that the harvacha, the profit that is made on Shabbos and on Yom Toivim from my business, that really goes to you. You, the, the owner of the business, it's yours, right? You're going to pay me that as interest. Okay, now that's a great way of doing it. What about the rest? The rest you'll pay me, what about the you know, Sunday through Friday profits? That I'll take as a salary. So what you're, what you're working out here is that the owner could still get all the profits. He gets the profits of the week. There's no problem halakhically. I He doesn't own the business yet, but I'm doing all the work. So I get the profits of the week as salary. What about the Shabbos and Yantif profits? That goes to the owner who spent a dollar, John, but he owes me 
Ribis interest on this $10 million loan, so he's paying me interest. So I avoid taking money from Shabbos, and I avoid all the Amir Lenachri being done because I'm not the owner. He's the owner. The problem is, there are a few problems with this. Problem number one is the whole thing's baloney. Who, you spend a dollar, you own a business. How does that work? Uh, you know, there's a, uh, I haven't verified this, but I remember listening to a share, reading an article about... Uh, a, year, a few years ago, the Miami Marlins, they used to be called the Florida Marlins, they were owned by a Jewish investing group, and one now it's owned by Derek Jeter and a few other people, but one of the members of this Jewish investing group was religious, and over there, you know, the typical heter, when you have, you know, when you own a sports team, it would be a partnership, a shuttif, but all the other partners were Jewish. So it turned out, the way the story went, that he did a mechira like this. So there was a janitor in some shul who owned the Miami Marlins. Okay, so you think about that, like, come on. That's such a, it's baloney. The whole thing doesn't make any sense. He owns the Marlins, get out of here. So that's the first horror, that the whole thing's a shtick, the whole thing's baloney, no one owns, you don't buy a nursing home for a dollar, it doesn't make any sense. That's number one. And number two, which is why the Shabbos issue is that we have a problem of Amir Lenachri that I told the I, I cannot tell the guy and my staff to do work on Shabbos. Again, there are situations of chayle of sakana when, when you deal with nursing homes, but typically, especially in long-term care, the residents are not in a sakanas nefashas. They're just elderly and they're living out their years in peace in in a in a, in a residence. They're not. Sick. This comes up in Hilchas Kashrus. We get we have to seriously get many questions either to give Hashelcha to to uh, to facilities, but they won't keep all the halachas of Kashrus. And sometimes the owner will say, "Yeah, but it's chaylem anyways." And our price can reiterate that although sometimes we are dealing with a chayla, to, to say you know all the time it's always going to be a chayla. That's not true. You could have someone who's elderly. They're not in pain right this minute. They're just 95 years old. They're not allowed to eat treif. They're not allowed to eat bishalakim. So uh, that does come up. So anyways, we're not necessarily dealing with situations of chayla. So how could I have nachri? How could I tell a guy to do malacha for me on Shabbos? So this whole hetter mechira would assume that yeah, well I, I'm not telling them to do it. John, John owns the owns the nursing home. He's the one that's telling everyone to do it. The problem with this is that's not true. John is sitting, he's sweeping the floors in shul. He has no clue what's going on, you know, as far as operations are concerned in the nursing home. Everyone knows they're doing it for you, Mr. Uh, Schwartz. You're the one that owns the nursing home. They're doing everything for you, and therefore you have a problem of a meal and Shabbos. That is another issue. A third issue is that we've been discussing, we had a whole week and a half of Shiorim regarding Maris Ayan, how I can't have, you know, my gardener come on Shabbos, even though I hired him before, I didn't tell him to come on Shabbos, all these issues of Maris Ayan, it looks like you asked him to do Malach of you on Shabbos. When a person has, you know, Yoeli's nursing home, or, uh, you know, someone owns a mall, or someone owns a retail store, Dunkin' Donuts, everyone in Shul knows that you own Dunkin' Donuts, how do you avoid Maris Ayan? Everyone thinks that you're running the store on Shabbos. You have a bagel shop that's open on Shabbos. How do you avoid Maris Ayan? So, some want to say, and they argue, well, if you look in the Mishaburah, and it's quoting from the Mordechai in Masech Shabbos in the first parak, that there's no concern of Maris Ayan, but Malcolm Hefzid Merubah, that if a person's going to lose a lot of money, so we ignore the issue of Maris Ayan. So that's assuming we don't have any other issues. Additionally, if you look at the Rishonim over there, it seems that the only heter of, of Malcolm Hefzid by Maris Ayan in that situation is when we are concerned that if we don't allow the person to run his business as usual with the Goyim, he's going to end up doing it himself. So we'd rather have the guy do Malacha on Shabbos and violate Maris Ayan, then 
come into a situation where the Yisrael would end up doing it. But in most situations, let's say a nursing home, the, the owner of the nursing home doesn't know how to, uh, how to draw blood, how to set up an IV. He's not going to be doing these malachas on Shabbos. He doesn't know how to do it anyways. So or he, it just too, his operation is too big where there's no concern that he's going to actually do it. So therefore, the Hefs and Maruba would probably go away. Again, some place can rely on it, but it's very, very weak. Very weak argument to rely on Hefs and Maruba. Another uh, concern is that there's a uh, there's a, there's an issue of licensing that, and this comes up you know with the uh, liquor stores or beer breweries that are owned by Jews and they sell their you know their alcohol distribution the famous Manhattan Manhattan brewery uh, in the Bronx that uh, sells their beer every, every year for Pesach so the concern there is that you need a license to own a brewery to be a distributor you need an alcohol license a handling license nursing home as well you can't just own a nursing home you have to have some licensing you have to have some legal you know documents before you own a even any business you have to have something so some of the pies can say that John and Shul, the janitor, he's not licensed to own a nursing home. He's not licensed to own a brewery, to own a, uh, a restaurant. So therefore, this is another reason why many are mafakfake on this uh, mechira. And in general, whenever we discuss karka property, and you do one of these mechiras for a dollar, even when we sell chametz, it's renting, it's not owning, we, we try to avoid these types of mechiras. So... There are circles where they do this. They sell the entire business and they rely on that this works with John and Shul for a dollar. However, I think most of the price, especially in the, uh, especially in the, uh, you know, the even the YU crowd and the even in, in most yeshiva circles, they do not allow these types of mechiras. They require a different type of mechira, which we'll discuss tomorrow, which gets into the concept of shutfis, of partnership, and it gets into the concept of aris, of a sharecropper, someone who's making profits and is licensed, and it's not baloney anymore. I'm taking, I, I as the owner, I'm taking a back seat. I'm letting him run most of the the uh, the business. So then you can start seeing the uh, various ethereum that many uh, you know, from a yid in the nursing homes, uh, that, own, that own nursing homes have been told to use. So we'll get to that in Mitzvah tomorrow.